Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 272, which we're recording on Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And I had to double think the date before I said it because it doesn't feel like it can possibly be the middle of June. I know. And we are once again at the lovely campus of the University of California at Santa Cruz. So we're under the redwoods. We've been having a heat wave and today is actually tolerable. There's a little breeze wafting through the yeah, car. So, it feels good. Yeah, it feels it nice feels to good. be out here today. And today's the first, or right now is the first time all day that I've been able to sit and relax. So ah, this nice. feels good. Excellent. <laughs> all right, so what are you wearing? I have been wearing my Annabelle blouse, which is a pattern by Sis Friedens. And this top that I made back in 2020 is a basic peasant style top that is knit top down. There's no shaping to it. You start at the neckline, which is done in garter stitch, and it's a scoop neck. Yeah, because it's, it's not super tight on the neck, so it wouldn't be a crew neck. It's not a deep scoop, but it's mm -hmm. just more of a scoop neck than a crew neck. So it, it, it can go over your head easily in garter stitch. And then right below the garter stitch, you increase rather quickly. If I recall correctly, I think all the increases happen in two rows, which creates the really nice gathers at the top, right below the neckline, to create that peasant blouse look. So you just knit straight down once you've done all those increases, lots of fabric that drapes really nicely, and it's basically three tubes. It was super easy knitting, and if I recall correctly, I used it, I it was my project for something that I needed an easy, easy knit for, because like I said, it's just three tubes in stockinette. Very easy. And the results are quite cute. Very cute. I, I've been wearing it this week and I want to make another one. And I definitely want to make one. I've said that off and on, but seeing <laughs> you wear yours on Friday, I thought, oh yeah, I definitely want yeah, to knit it, one it was such a pleasant knit. And I made mine in the Holstgarn yarn that has the silk in it. It's a silk wool blend called Tides. Tides. And it has less silk than the cotton counterpart, which is Coast, which you guys know that I have used an awful lot. So there's, there's more Merino in this one than the Coast. But there's something about the silk content in this that makes the whole yarn or the, the fabric that it creates as a whole, it feels lighter. It does not feel as warm is as what I'm coast? trying to say. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Which it, it's already a very light fabric and it doesn't feel warm anyway. But this one just seems much more of a warmer weather fabric. And it has little nubbies in it from the silk. And the silk does not necessarily take the dye the same color as the wool. So when you look at it closely, there's a little bit of tonality to it. It's very nice. It's very, very, very nice. pretty. I was just wondering, I'm glad you said that because before you said it wasn't 
as warm, I thought it would be warmer. Uh, that's what coast. I was worried about too. And it could be partially because this Annabelle blouse is such a flowy, mm-hmm. drapey garment anyway, but I did not have any problems wearing it during our little heat wave. Interesting. That's yeah. good to hear. Yeah. Okay. So that is the Annabelle blouse by Sis Friedens. And I should mention that this pattern, I cannot remember how I came across it. It's one of those patterns that I think there are only 20 projects on Ravelry. It's, it's, it's not an often knit pattern is what I'm trying to say. And it was a free pattern from a yarn company. You were looking at the yarn from the yarn company. I remember. Hobie. Yeah. Yeah. And you just stumbled upon the pattern. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's it. That's it. And the Hobie yarn is not yarn that's readily available in the United States anyway. But the pattern worked out great. So what are you wearing, Gail? Well, because of aforementioned heat wave, I don't think I've let a single piece of wool touch my body unless I was using it to knit. So I haven't worn a single hand knit, maybe since our last recording, but I have pulled out my coast sweater. Charlene and I, when we were I saw listing her wearing them Annabelle, all. yes, I was saying, oh, well, these are my sweaters I've knit in coast. And she said, but what about Hitofu Day? And I completely forgotten about that one. So I've pulled them out and I'm hoping that it will start to be cool enough, at least in the evenings, to wear them again. Yeah. Because I'd like to knit that Annabelle blouse, and I have a sweater quantity of Coast. Perfect. But now I'm thinking that maybe I want to do Tides instead. Coast will be fine. Coast will be fine. Yeah. The, but the, that, you just blasted my opportunity <laughs> to buy another sweater quantity of a different of different blend and, and base I hadn't tried yet. <laughs> But well, yes, you're right. Coast will coast be fine. Will be fine yes. So yeah, I'm a big letdown on what are we wearing. <laughs> so what have you been stocking? Okay, so I have been stocking a few things. The first one is a pattern by Amba O'Brien. And Amba O'Brien is an Australian designer mostly known for her shawls, I think. And this her is a rectangular wrap called the Solstice Wrap. And we're coming up on our June solstice, our summer solstice here. And of course, down under, they are coming up on their June solstice, which is their winter solstice. Yep. So this fingering weight rectangular wrap can be made with mini skeins. Some of the projects on Ravelry have been made with fade sets and they are so they're really pretty pretty. Mm -hmm. oh my gosh so this pattern it's kind of a zigzag pattern I guess she called it a chevron so chevron zigzags and eyelets and it looks slightly offset this is the intriguing thing that is really interests me because the the rows of chevrons are not exactly 90 degrees to the edges of the shawl. Okay. But it's not, it's not knit corner to corner either. They're just slightly offset. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it looks really cool. It looks different than most other chevron 
shawls, of course, that are knit ninety at ninety degrees or straight. All all it all it would be is casting on and mm-hmm. knitting your chevron straight into a rectangle. I so, knit one like that a long time ago too. So it was feather and fan. Oh, so it yeah. wasn't chevron, but it yeah. was the same similar idea. kind of idea. Cast on a million yes. stitches. Yes. And knit back and yeah. Forth. And I really like that rectangular shape. And so this one is a little bit intriguing. She says that there is a graph, so perhaps the pattern is just all graphed and you follow a chart. I don't know. It it it's really pretty. You can use, like I mentioned, you can use mini skeins. You can use those holiday or advent kits, that kind of thing. And it's something that I am keeping in mind if we do our exchange again mm-hmm. next holiday season. Yeah. <laughs> our mini skein exchange. Yeah. So the second thing I am stocking is not something that I wanted to make necessarily, but I just found it charming and cute. It's a blanket or a throw, and it's made in mosaic crochet. So like mosaic knitting, mosaic crochet uses a single yarn on a row, and then I believe to create the color patterns you crochet into the stitch below to pull one color oh, up okay. so that you can create color patterns. Oh, that already sounds pretty, and I haven't even seen a picture of it. It's it's so cool. This one is called Flora's Fauna, and it's by a designer named Rosina Plain, and it features owls, squirrels, and armadillos. <laughs> and the patterns <laughs> that they are in kind of are reminiscent of a quilt so it looks very very woodsy very old-fashioned kind of Americana kind of thing okay and it, it was just interesting the the squirrels and the owls of course the owl caught my eye and armadillos that's a very interesting threesome of animals yes not what i would ever anticipate (laughs) someone would put together as three animals yeah i'm not sure where the designer is from but someplace where they they have all three of those animals yeah Yeah. and it's it was just different from anything that i've seen and i found the mosaic crochet technique very compelling because you only use one color at a time and I like that. And you get some interesting color work. So this one is made in DK weight and the pattern has two sizes, but she mentions that it is customizable to any size. And then the last one I am stocking is called Ishidatami by Ririko. And interestingly enough, this one is mosaic knitting. Ah, <laughs> yeah, I thought it kind a of partial theme here. Yes, exactly. This one is a tee t-shirt, and like mosaic crochet, mosaic knitting only uses one color per row or round, and uses slip stitches to create the design or pattern. So. I've always wondered why mosaic knitting really wasn't more popular mm-hmm. in a way, because out of all the ways of doing color work, 
to me, this one seems the easiest. I agree. Yep. Because <laughs> so you only simple. use one color and you do slip stitches. And slip stitches are so easy. Yes. And having done a sweater last year with a slip stitch yoke with different colors, it was very compelling to knit. So I thought it was very fun. You don't necessarily end up with a fabric that is double thick either. Right. So that's nicer for those of us in warmer climates who don't necessarily want to go about wearing double thick fabric, but would like to participate in the two color, two or more color knitting trends. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Very good point. So the sample on the pattern page for Ishii Tatami is very subtle and it reminded me of what's in your hands right now because looking Foray. yes looking at the pattern page photograph one might think it was all one color I thought it was one color I just now when you said it I thought maybe I wasn't looking at the same pattern you are oh. but I think I was and it isn't it like a cream color mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, so it's two colors. It's two I colors. Never you have to look closely at it, and when you look closely at it, you can see the two colors. Most of the time, I think people use two much more contrasting colors mm -hmm. for mosaic crochet. But this one I found to be very beautiful. It's very subtle. And let's see, the patterns, there's two different patterns. She has one pattern that's in the yoke, and then one pattern that's on the body. I think if I did it, I might just do the pattern on the yoke and then perhaps plain stockinette on the body. The design of the t-shirt itself is circular, circular yoke construction. It's made in fingering weight. The sizes go from 88 to 163 centimeters or 38 to 64 inches at the bust. And that is Ishii the Tommy by Ririko. What are you stocking, Gail? I have three. I haven't been doing a lot of stocking. I've been uninspired by Hot Right Now, to be honest. But the Uppsala hat is a new release by Kate Gagnon Osborne from Kelborn Woolen's Year of Bulky Hats collection. Mm. So this is their June hat. And it's really cool. It's bulky weight, as the collection name implies. It has a twisted rib brim, and then there's a dandelion pattern on the body is what they've called it. So it's kind of a flower looking stitch that's really pretty. And the hat in the pattern page is yellow. So calling it a dandelion stitch made sense. And it's just a very nice hat. It looks like it would knit up very quickly. And for those of us who like to use up our scraps for hats, it could be really easy to hold like two strands of leftover DK weight yarn together or combinations like worsted and fingering or something to get that bulky weight yarn if you don't happen to have a lot of that in stash. I don't think I have any bulky weight yarn. Maybe one skein roaming around, but most of mine is lighter, so I'd mm. have to do some combo knitting, but it looks like it would be easy to do that. So that's the Uppsala hat by Kate Canyon Osborne, a free pattern on Ravelry. And then the next two are sweaters. This one is a brand new design by Zawe Design, and it's called Mian, M-I-A-N-E. I am probably mispronouncing that. I saw that one, and Isn't I thought right? of you, yes. <laughs> well, the pattern 
on Ravelry, the sweater is knit in pink and white. So of course it caught my eye instantly <laughs> because of the color combination. But this one is a top-down sweater that's knit with lace weight yarn and mohair silk lace weight yarn held doubled. And the main color of the yarn in the pattern page is pink and the silk mohair is a cream color. And in the top of the sweater from the collar down to above the bust is knit in almost a flower and fan type of stripe. So it's pink and cream and it's just a very nice swath of stripe that's on the front and the back of the sweater. And then the rest of the sweater is stockinette, except for right above the cuff, there is another couple stripes on each sleeve of that cream color yarn. And it's a drop shoulder sweater with positive ease. I think it's two to six inches of positive ease is what they suggest. And it's a long sleeve sweater. You could totally change that up if you wanted to. You could even not even do sleeves and just make it a cap sleeve. So those stripes would end in a cap sleeve. That would be really cute too. And some people knit it all in one color. So the stripes in the top of the sweater are mostly textural as opposed to color and texture. So the single colored ones were also very lovely. And that sweater comes in seven sizes and in inches it's 35 and a half inches to 59 inches. And in centimeters it's 90 to 150 centimeters. And so it doesn't quite make it to the 60 inch size, which would make it size inclusive, but it's close, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't factor in the two to six inches of ease. So I think it would need at least one more size to bump it up into that size inclusive category, but it's really pretty. Check it out. I didn't look at her other designs to see if the others were more size inclusive. And then the third one is the Eloise top by Friday Knits. This one is super fun and different. I don't think I would knit it because I don't think I'd be comfortable wearing it. But in my younger years, I totally would have knit this and worn it. So this one, like Mien, it has a different pattern on the top of the sweater. So this Mm. one, from the collar down to above the bust, in Mien, it's a straight line that goes across of stripes. In this one, it kind of curves around your breasts, kind of like bra cups. Mm -hmm. And then the top of it is silk mohair lace with little tiny baubles in it. So they look like polka dots. And it's very Mm. sheer. It's a cap sleeve and the sleeves and the top are very sheer. And then from like the bra cup down is a solid fabric. And then it's, I think, a sport weight yarn held doubled with the silk mohair lace. So it's less sheer. You can't see through it. But it was so pretty. It's so dainty. Mm. It has a little keyhole closure at the back of the neck. And it has, interesting, a panel of ribbing down the center of the back. So it's meant to be worn with zero to two inches of negative ease. And that section of ribbing panel that goes from lengthwise from where the sheer pattern ends all the way down to the hem would give you that fitted look, which is what the the sweater's trying to do, is give you a fitted look. It kind of reminded me of ice skating costumes, how they sometimes have the sheer mesh. The sheer, yeah. Exactly. It's that same type of look. Exactly. (laughs) Really a pretty sweater. It had so much charm to it. I really just thought, oh, that is so pretty. And if I had occasion to wear it, I might knit it and wear it, but I don't think it would get much use 
in my wardrobe. Otherwise, I would totally knit it. Very, very cute. And that one comes in eight sizes, 28 inches to 58 inches or 71 centimeters to 147 centimeters. And because that's meant to be worn with zero to two inches of negative ease, I think that does make it size inclusive. My only question about that one is, would it be too warm? Because the look of it is something you would wear to an event or an occasion where it's warm. Mm-hmm. but the sweater's knit with silk mohair and then a sport weight yarn for the body, which kind of implies it could get really warm. Possibly. So that was just yeah. my only thought about it was like, hmm, super cute. But then would I sweat when I was wearing it? <laughs> but check it out. That's the Eloise top by Friday Knits. And what have you been knitting? Well, sadly, you are looking at the only thing I have remaining on the needles right now. That's exciting, though. <laughs> yeah, it's just a hat. Right now, I am doing the ribbed brim, and I am not following a pattern. I am just doing ribbing right now because I was trying to get things off the needles for the start of the Colors of Fall knit along. Unfortunately, I finished a couple days early, and (laughs) now I have to find fill-in knitting, but hat, knitting, that's it. How about you? What are you knitting? I'm going to say three things, because I've swatched for my colors of fall, Mm -hmm. so I'm not knitting it yet, but I have swatched for it, and this is how disconnected with time I am. So I know that I got gauge, and I know what I'm Mm going to cast on. And I thought to myself, oh, the other thing that I'm knitting, my 4A sweater, is so close to being done. I have a little bit more of the body to go. Then there's an I-cord bind off and then sleeves. And I thought, I have so much time before the knit along starts. I can totally finish the sweater and then just focus on Josie's blanket, which is the third thing I'm knitting. And I could get a couple squares of Josie's blanket before the knit along starts. And then I realized, uh, no, that's only like five days away. <laughs> so... There's no way I'm going to finish my sweater in that period of time. Oh, yeah. Yes. So 4A is the sweater by Ari Shimisu, which I've been working on off and on for a few months now. It's looking beautiful. I'm in love with it. It's so, so pretty and dainty and like feathery a light. feathery <laughs> light. Most of the yarn for the sweater is a silk mohair held single. And then there are portions where the second color comes in, which you heard about that on the last episode. And that is a lace weight yarn. So it's all lace weight. The whole sweater is lace weight. And as I've been pulling from my silk mohair skein to keep knitting, it keeps blowing over in this tiny breeze we have. It keeps blowing over towards Charlene. So (laughs) very lightweight yarn. It's very nice. I'm using Bichet Bouche, their lighter mohair. They also have a mohair that's either DK or worsted weight which would That's be interesting right. to try. I have heard of that. Yeah. And this is in their light pink, I think it's called. And I, like I said, I think I'm maybe one repeat away from the I-cord bind off at the bottom of the sweater. I'm going to try it on later today, see how that length is going, and then start on the sleeves. So nearing the home stretch. Josie's blanket, I picked that back up too. That's the sock yarn memory blanket with the mitered squares and I've finished most like half of the stripe that I'm working on right now so hopefully I'll get that done soonish because I want to start cranking that out to get it done by Christmas time for Josie and then the colors of fall project that I swatched for 
is the No Sweat Shirt by Park Williams. And I think the last episode I talked about going dress shopping with Josie for her birthday. And in addition to the cute dresses we saw, we also saw these really cute pullover hooded tops that were kind of like a sweatshirt, but finer material. And I was touching them and looking at them and told Josie, I wonder if I could knit one of these. And I thought, well, yeah, but the fabric is kind of fine and I probably would never knit that fine. So I kind of just, you know, brushed it aside and then got home and saw this pattern on Ravelry and thought, oh my gosh, look at that. I can make it. I can make it. (laughs) So the no sweatshirt is a pullover hooded top with Mm -hmm. long sleeves and that's pretty much it. There's not much to it, but the yarn, it calls for DK weight yarn. And I instead am using a fingering weight that I've had in stash for a really long time. It's called Princess Buttercup and it's by Yarn Love Yarn. And Katie is the dyer there and she's a super nice person. And when we saw her at Stitches, what feels like a million years ago it now. It does feel like a million years yeah, ago. I picked up two skeins of this and this base is linen silk. I think it's 65, 35 maybe, somewhere like that, of linen to silk. And it's so soft and so pretty, very slightly tonal. And the color that I bought is called verdigris. And it's a teal, a beautiful teal color. And Charlene says that some of the colors of fall are in there. And she's my color expert. So there we go. (laughs) And it comes in skeins of about 500 yards. And I don't know what I was thinking when I bought two skeins. I guess I thought I would be knitting a top, which I a thousand yards would have been enough. Yeah. And then... Because, yeah, only two skeins. Yeah, which for a sweater obviously wouldn't be enough. So I'm not sure what I was thinking when I bought it. She might have only had two skeins there when Mm -hmm. I purchased it. Don't remember. But Eat Sleep Knit, they send us a box of pretties about every quarter And they sent the latest box with all sorts of summer yarn bases. So silk blends, linen blends, cotton blends, really nice. And they were all green, shades of green. So they always have a color theme with their box of pretties. Mm -hmm. And it's just delightful. Well, they sent a skein of Princess Buttercup in this really bright green. And I thought, oh, I could stripe that with my tealy blue and have a super cute top. Well, this shade of green isn't in the Colors of Fall palettes, but... I decided if I'm going to stripe, I needed a third color. So I went back on Eat Sleep Knit's website and there's a colorway that Yarn Love Yarn dyes called Fable. And I love this color and I know I do because I used it on one of Olivia's newborn knits, the sleep sack I knit for her with stripes. Fable was one of the colors or maybe it was a sweater. I don't know. One of the projects I knit for her was the Fable colorway and it's really pretty and it's kind of a natural light pink and then it has speckles of different colors and the pinks from the two palettes London and New York winter are in that yarn so I'm going to stripe it with the teal the green and the pink not sure exactly how I'm going to stripe it yet but it's going to be really really cool and it'll be such a nice flowy layer the fabric of this yarn is dreamy I was swatching with it when I went to see Charlene last Friday at the yarn shop and we were both ooing and aahing over it. And then when I washed it, it got even softer. And it's just so, it's so really pretty. Nice. It's really nice. It's a beautiful yarn. And again, that's the Princess Buttercup base. And it's not very easy to find. So 
If you ever get a chance to fondle it somewhere, I highly recommend it. And that is the No Sweat Shirt by Park Williams, which will be my first Colors of Fall cast on. I'm Yay. super excited. And the sizes in that one. Nine sizes from 35 inches to 65 inches at the bust, 89 to 165 centimeters. So that's recommended with three to five inches of ease. So that's a size inclusive pattern, which made me feel very, very good. So I'm super excited about my knitting. Yeah. Yeah. We would like to thank our sponsor this month, Jimmy Beans Wool. Jimmy Beans Wool is your local yarn store online. What started as a tiny yarn and coffee shop in Truckee, California, has since grown into three businesses, including Della Q Bags, Madeline Tosh Yarn, Smart Sticks Needles, and 20,000 square feet of yarn in Reno, Nevada. Jimmy Beans Wool is celebrating 20 years in business with a birthday celebration lasting throughout 2022. Find exclusive colorways with brands like Hedgehog Fibers, La Bienna May, Madeline Tosh, and Malabrigo. Throwback gift items, one-of-a-kind bags and accessories from Delacue, pattern partnerships with Church Mouse Yarns, Earth, designer Amy Gunderson, and so much more. You can see these products and find more ways to celebrate at jimmybeanswool.com slash birthday. So I have one interesting story about Jimmy Bean's wool. I actually went to that original yarn and coffee shop in Truckee, California. Oh, did you? Yeah. It was very new. And when that was their only tiny little store, and it was just, I remember going there. This is, of course, over 20 years ago. I can't remember how long ago, but before I had kids. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So thank you very much, yeah, Jimmy, thanks, Beans Jimmy Beans Wool. All right, and I'm excited for this. What have you finished? Okay, I have finished several things, actually, because I am finishing things up in time for casting on things for the Colors of Fall knit-along. So I have finished hat number six and hat number seven of my gift hat stash for 2022. I cast on and finished, since the last podcast, a Ripple Bralette. Now, you finished it already? I did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now wow. that is the pattern by Jessie Made that I have knit once previously. And you guys heard me talk about the strap popping off and me visibly mending that and having it to wear again and so it inspired me to knit another and Gail and I had talked a bit about how to cast on to make sure that the bottom of the band for the bralette is stretchy enough now when you're wearing it it's better for it to be tight the problem is you have to, it has to be stretchy enough to also get over your head and shoulders. Mm -hmm. So there's a big difference between getting over your head and shoulders and your underbust. And one of the ideas that I came up with was to try using a stretchy yarn like Cascade Fixation for the band. And Cascade Fixation has a slightly different gauge than the fingering 
yarn pattern that I have. I've since looked it up and realized that she also has a larger gauge pattern, which I do not own at this point, but possibly I could knit an entire ripple bralette in the cascade fixation. Oh, the whole thing. So that the whole thing could, could be stretchy. So with the other pattern, I, I could do that. This one, I cast on and knit the band in cascade fixation. I just used fewer stitches. I figured out using the gauge on the label how many stitches I needed, and it was surprisingly close to the number of stitches that I would have cast on anyway with fingering weight yarn. And then I increased to get back up to the proper number for the body part of the ripple bralette, and it worked fine. And tell them about Cascade Fixation. I'd never touched it before. Oh, I've mean, talked about it for years, but I'd never seen so it. So Cascade Fixation is a very stretchy yarn. It is cotton and... Loikera or spandex. Yeah, 2% two. elastic stretchiness. I think, <laughs> I think sometimes the labels say spandex and sometimes it says elastine or something like that. I've seen over the years they've used different words for it. But... What it results in is a yarn that is very stretchy to the touch. And some people have problems knitting it because they don't know if they should knit it stretched or just knit it loosely. And I just don't think about it. I just kind of let it do its thing. randomly mm -hmm. go through my fingers the way that I do with normal yarn. And I've never really had a problem with it. You definitely don't want to stretch it as you knit it. But you also don't want it to be super loose, but you never want yarn to be incredibly loose in mm -hmm. your fingers anyway. So I just tried to knit it like a normal yarn, and that has worked for me. And so, the yarn itself is really soft. It's very, very soft. I was soft. super surprised. Yes, my mom used to use this yarn. It was the only yarn she liked using for baby hats and chemo hats because it is very, very soft to the touch. And it worked out really well for the band because the band is very stretchy. I can easily put it over my head. Nice. And after I switched to the fingering white yarn, and so my ripple bralette is in two different yarns, that's when I started thinking, oh, that would be really cool to have the whole thing made out yeah. of the cascade fixation. So I, I may try one made out of that too. And I may we'll have see. purchased a skein of the fixation to try this <laughs> myself because I had to rip mine because I right. picked it back up last week, started knitting on it, was about to measure how much of the body ribbing I had done and counted my stitches because I couldn't remember what size I'd cast on. And I had a number of stitches that I'd cast on that didn't match any size of the pattern. <laughs> so I don't know what I was thinking when I cast on. So I ripped it all the way back out. I think out. you had gone rogue, Gail. Uh, apparently, but it's not like I swatched for it. So it's not like I did any gauge math and decided on a totally bizarre number of stitches. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to redo mine. And now I have a solid pink to go with my variegated main color yeah. yarn. So yeah, it's going to be really cool. Work. And honestly, the Ripple Bralette is not a lot of knitting comparable to a hat maybe less than a hat. It's certainly less than a hat when you have to knit the band and you've knit, I don't know, in two inches or less. 
And then you have to try it on, which is just so annoying <laughs> when you have to stop and try something on because then you have to put it on scrap or on something that you can slip over your head, of course, because the 16 inch needle that you're knitting it on will not work. So you have to slip it onto something else to try it on. Then you get it back on the needles. Then you knit one cup and you have to try it on again to measure for the strap. <laughs> she gives you a measurement for the strap, but of course you want to make sure that the strap measurement is going to work for you. So as I was telling Gail that it, it was kind of annoying that it knits <laughs> up so quickly because you knit a little bit and then it's like, then you have to try it on. Knit a little bit. <laughs> And then you have to try it on. And I was wondering <sighs> if Charlene and I are the only knitters out there who get so annoyed when we have to try things on. All we want to do is knit. We don't yeah. want to have to stop and put it on waist yarn or barber pole or whatever you're yes. going to put it on to try it on. What a pain in the butt. Yeah. You're interrupting my knitting. <laughs> exactly. But I did get a nice version of the Ripple Bralette that I am very happy with. Yay. I think the Cascade Fixation is really an innovative yarn to use for this. I'm sure somebody else has. I haven't honestly looked on Ravelry, but I'm sure somebody must have. And it's certainly making me think maybe I should get the other pattern as well so that I could make an entire ripple bralette using the Cascade Fixation ah, because of the how gauge. soft it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Cascade Fixation is not expensive. It's not. Not at all. Good price point. Yeah. So, so Ripple Bralette designed by Jessie Made Designs. And my last finish, which I showed Gail a few mm. minutes ago, is my second Granito sweater. Yay! Which is a pattern by Hohi Locatelli. I have knit this one before. And when we were at the retreat, I was with a group of friends and we were talking about how wonderful our granitos were. We had all made one and we loved it. And I decided that I absolutely must have a lighter weight version to wear. So I made it in very light yarn, the Holstgarn Coast that I use quite a bit, made it in purple. This version, I did not add the pockets to, even though I had mentioned before that the pockets are kind of a unique feature to this design. But when I tried it on after having separated for the pockets, I did not like the way it really poofed out in the back for me with the pockets and I think it could be perhaps because the yarn is just so light. Yeah on this design that didn't have any kind of break to it around the hem and then having the double layer of fabric on the side just kind of reinforced that it didn't really it couldn't the fabric you know it could there was no folding or no the fabric didn't move as much on the side because there was double layer mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it kind of forced that back the fabric in the back to poof out and if the if the fabric was a little bit heavier like my previous granito that didn't happen on that one so this was just one of those things that I had to knit and find out because I used a different yarn than was called for in the pattern and when you do change a yarn 
than what is called for in the pattern. Sometimes unexpected things happen. Yep. So I did not do the pockets and I ended up doing a split hem and it worked fine. And it's beautiful. Very happy with it. Yeah. It's very pretty. So that is Granito by Hohi Locatelli. What have you finished, Gail? I have some finishes, too, for the first time in many a podcast episode. (laughs) I finished my granddaughter's Bits and Bobs blanket, which is the ombre rainbow blanket I've been working on for a few months. And it was a huge success. She loves it. My daughter loves it. My son-in-law loves it. They all (laughs) love it. They ooh and ah. And every night that she went to bed while I was there. And every time she went in to take a nap, she would say, oh, Grandma Gail, look at my beautiful blanket. And she would tell me how much she loved it and thank me. And That's so awesome. Yeah, for a three-year-old, I'm pretty impressed yeah. with her gratitude. And I did a bright purple border all the way around, an I-cord border as called for in the pattern. And it perfectly matches her purple sheets that I also bought for her when she got her <laughs> big girl bed. So It all kind of goes together and it's very sweet. And I just have to mention how much they love all of their hand knits. It's really cute. Apparently, Libby, she only wears Grandma Gail's sweaters when she goes out. I mean, she doesn't reach for sweatshirt. She either, she wears one of the two that still fit her. She, one sits by the door. And she spilled something the other day. And Josh's first, my son-in-law's first response was, Oh no, it's a hand knit. Be careful. So (laughs) they have the right level of respect for hand knits. And I'm like, you guys, you can wash that. It's okay. But still, they appreciate them and understand the work that goes into them. So they're incredibly knit worthy. So that was the Bits and Bobs blanket. And then I also finished another Bankhead hat. So this is my hat number seven of 2022. And it's a free pattern by Susie Gourlay. We have both knit it several times, so there's not much to say that we haven't already said. Other than that, it's a free pattern for worsted weight yarn, super easy to knit, lots of bang for the buck on this one, and I use Malabrigo Rios in the sunset colorway, so it's a beautiful, bright, yellowy gold that just (laughs) shines. So that's the Bankhead Hat by Susie Gorlain. Now today we wanted to do some follow-up on... An episode we did a few episodes back on size inclusivity in knitting and crocheting. When we did that feature, there were so many great comments in our Ravelry thread that we wanted to revisit it and call some of these things out for those of you who might not be on Ravelry and or didn't see the thread. There's a giant bumblebee <laughs> buzzing around my head. I think it went away. And so many great comments, great links that you guys linked to for more information. And Charlene and I both, I think this got lost in the chaos that was 2020. Katza from Sweden, she started a thread back in 2020 asking about size inclusivity because she was seeing a lot of it in Sweden, a lot of commenting Mm -hmm. about it, a lot of increases in size to make sure that the smaller end and the larger end of the spectrums were all included, taller people, shorter people, different body sizes. And that thread became a five page thread of people talking about size inclusivity. And I had forgotten about that thread. So I went back and looked at some of those posts too. And I'm going to bump that thread back up in our Ravelry group. So if you wanted to check it out, I'll make it easy for you to do so. And what were some of the things you wanted to comment on? Well, I just wanted to reinforce and mention again the case for schematics. Mm -hmm. Schematics are so helpful for knitters. 
One of the basic parts of a garment is the length of the torso. And without a schematic, it's difficult to tell what the length of the torso is going to be. And there are a lot of folks out there who like to lengthen and shorten it. If you don't have a schematic, you can go to the pattern, you have to read rows, you have to count rows in the pattern, that kind of thing. So much easier if the designer gives it to you right there so you know from the get-go that that's something that you're going to have to reimagine. One of our commenter, Celia, who is Pinot Noir on Ravelry, mentioned that she, as a designer, she was worried people would be able to recreate a garment if she posted a full schematic. And mm, I don't know if that's necessarily true, at least in my case. I don't know if I could or would want to. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot. That's a lot of work. So I'm only mentioning that to put designers fears to rest, I believe. For example, in a sewing pattern, you can always look at a schematic. And I would not necessarily look at a schematic and say, I'm going to go home and, and create a garment to sew either. And for I believe for knitting, it would be the same. I can look at a schematic and it's still not going to tell me where the where do I start knitting, for example, how many stitches do I cast on? And as a knitter who is not a garment designer, I don't want to figure out exactly. Those <laughs> I just want you to tell me what to do. That's that's why I look for patterns that I like to knit because I don't want to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. So I just mentioned that to put designers fears or concerns to rest because I think a lot of knitters are like myself and we like to have somebody else figure out those things. (laughs) And Celia also made a really good point that schematics are just as basic to a pattern as gauge, yarn type, and needle size. Absolutely should be. Yep. And it's interesting because the book that I mentioned last episode or the one before that by Meiju KP one of our listeners bought the book and said there are no schematics in the book at all. That's right. That was very I did see startling that. to me. I was very surprised yeah. and disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Because it seems like such a basic. Even if you're not going to put that in a picture on the Ravelry pattern page, it should be in the pattern. Yeah. So very good comment, Celia. And thank you, Natalie, for commenting on the fact that because you're tall, you need to know that length measurement. Very good point. Yeah. And there were quite a few people who mentioned other designers who design mm-hmm. size-inclusive patterns. Jacqueline Seaslack, James N. Watts, Amy Herzog, Patty Lyons. And Patty Lyons also teaches classes for fitting sweaters. Sarah Salpal said that she doesn't rec- can't recommend her highly enough. And I know our friend Carol did a workshop with Patty Lyons also and was very, very impressed with the amount of information she learned in that. And then another designer that was mentioned is Park Williams, the designer of the No Sweatshirt. I saw her name mentioned, and then I mentioned them last time, but I'll mention them again because folks mentioned how good their patterns were. 
are Kim McBrien Evans and Swanky Emu Knits. Mm -hmm. Swanky Emu Knits got a lot of comments. Yeah. A lot of people really like their patterns. Yeah. So those were cool. And there were a lot of comments from people who have done modifications for certain things. Yes. So Jen commented that she has a swayback or hyperlordosis and to accommodate for that, she knits a peplum, which is just a small rectangle of ribbing above the small of her back. Oh. Brilliant idea. And Robbie also had some comments. Robbie, our, our very own moderator, moderator and friend, she had a very lengthy post about modifications that she's done for Swaybacks based on her sewing experience. Oh, yeah. So what she learned from sewing, she adapted for knitting. So if anyone has a Swayback or is knitting for someone with a Swayback, Check her post out. It's very good information. And then somebody mentioned, I did not write down who it was, but somebody mentioned designer Vanessa Smith's patterns in terms of personalizing a garment. Apparently, I don't know if it's all of her patterns, but some of her patterns have instructions on how to include bust darts. Yeah, Sarah pointed that out. It was her Julissa sweater, I believe, oh, okay. was the pattern that included them for sure. But I'm guessing because she has a, a larger bust in comparison mm -hmm. to the rest of her mm -hmm. body size, that she probably includes that in more than just one pattern, Yeah, would be yeah. my guess. So that's kind of nice because you could potentially take that information and use it on other patterns as well mm -hmm. once you learn the technique for knitting bust darts because bust darts are kind of a mysterious thing in knitting i i hear a lot of folks mention it but a lot of people will just make for example a larger size because knit fabric being stretchy a lot of folks just think, oh, it'll stretch to fit, but it doesn't always stretch mm -hmm. to fit. It depends on the design kind of thing. So bus starts have always been kind of mysterious. So it, it's nice to find a designer who has placed that directly in a pattern for you. And speaking of designs, there were comments made that certain designs translate to better size inclusivity than others. So yes. drop sleeve or drop shoulder designs can be graded more easily for larger sizes or smaller sizes than other designs. So that was an interesting thing that I really hadn't thought of. And someone also, Adrian and a couple other people, also commented that to be in a size-inclusive pattern, the bust measurement should go all the way up to 60 inches with the intended ease factored in. Okay. So that's why when I was talking about the patterns I'm stocking, whether were, they were size inclusive right, or not, that's the reference that. I'm using. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you mentioned Kim McBride Evans. Mm -hmm. Cara pointed out and included a link to an article of hers called New Representative Sizing Standards for Garments That Fit. And she referenced the Yarn Council of America mm -hmm. and their sizing not being inclusive. And she was doing surveys. She surveyed, I think, seven or 800 people and was comparing the disparity in sizes between shoulders and biceps and then your full bust. So she was saying that for some people with a very large bust, if they knit it for their bust size, the shoulders were too big. Right. And or if they wanted it to fit their shoulders and biceps, it didn't fit in the bust. Mm -hmm. So there's a turkey right there in front of that car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we always see turkeys when we're here. So this article from Kim McBride Evans had some really interesting information about that. 
And she's also a designer and a yarn dyer. So she speaks with some knowledge on the subject. So her surveys and stuff, she knew what she was talking about. It wasn't just some random knitter who yeah. asked those questions. One of the interesting statistics I saw while I was looking at references was this comes from Women's Wear Daily, and they state that 67% of American women are size 14 or larger. <laughs> We're laughing at the turkeys going by outside. This one turkey is just staring at us yeah. in the window. Yeah. And let me tell you, turkeys are not very pretty birds. He <laughs> looks very, or she looks very odd. So again, let me say that again. Women's Wear Daily states that 67% of American women are size 14 or larger. So it is logical to think that the knitting public is likely to be close to that statistic. I have no absolute correlation that makers are necessarily the same size as the general population. But what I'm trying to say is that if 67% of American women are size 14 or larger, there's probably a good portion of knitters who also are within that size range looking for patterns, wanting to create things for themselves, just like sewers. Yeah. And the one thing I would have to say to that is what, signif what significance is size 14? What does that mean? Size 14 on what scale? You know what I mean? That just harkens back They probably back to... have a scale, but yeah. I did not look that up to see, for example, what bust size yeah. that was. Yeah. But to me, it's again, it's like putting a number on it where that's becoming less and less necessary. I think. Yeah. yeah. My daughter, Josie, had the best words about this. When we were in the dress shop, I was talking about the need to get a new bathing suit and that's one of the things that I least like doing in the world. I don't like bathing suit <laughs> shopping. I don't like trying them on. I don't enjoy anything about the process. And she said, well, you know, if a swimming suit doesn't look good on you, it's not because of your body. It's because of the swimming suit. <laughs> and I was like, how did you get so smart? How did you get so smart? So the same thing with sweaters. If it doesn't look good on you, it's not because of your body. It's because of the design. The design doesn't look good on you for whatever reason. It's not flattering. It doesn't fit right. It's because the pattern didn't accommodate something that you needed for your shape and size. And that's absolutely the truth. And it doesn't even have to do with anything size related. It could just be a bad look. Exactly. For you. Yep. I as an example, I recall years ago there was this sweater that I really liked and they had it in the dragonfly fiber booth and I tried it on and I was so excited and the looks on all three people that were looking at me told me that this design is not for me and everybody was trying to be nice and it's like yeah I I get it this there's something about this design mm -hmm. that didn't look good on me Yep, it happens. Yeah. For whatever yeah. reason. And so that was not definitely you. the sweater. <laughs> exactly. See, it's not you. It's the sweater. Sarah commented that once you know the tricks to adapt the sweater pattern for your needs, whatever they are, smaller, bigger, larger bust, sway back, whatever, 
Once you know the tricks, it's pretty easy to modify a pattern. Now, I'm not saying that patterns shouldn't come in a very inclusive size range. They should. But that might not be the only modification that someone needs. Right. So she said Patty Lyons class taught her all the things she needed to then adjust patterns for her needs. So I thought that was pretty cool. Same with Amy Herzog's custom fit. I think it's the same general idea. Once you know what to do and you know how to do the gauge math, you can make the modifications to make a sweater design work for you. Most of the time, there are still going to be some designs that aren't going to be for everybody, but knowing how to make the changes can be very liberating or very, I don't know the word that I'm searching for, but powerful. Pa there you go. It gives you the power to make it work for you. I think it's a very powerful thing when makers make their clothes. We talked about, uh, we've talked a little bit before about doing a segment about how clothes make us feel. And we're going to do that this summer because this is related to it. Mm -hmm. But there's a power that comes from taking raw materials and transforming them into something that transform the person. Yep. And that's something I really want to talk about that because as my body has changed over the last few years, especially... I don't feel as comfortable in my clothes as I used to. And I want to get back to feeling comfortable in my clothes where my body is because my body's not going to go back to its previous size and shape. Exactly. So I need to figure out what sweaters make me feel good now and yeah. then maybe rehome the others in my closet that I may or that may not wear. don't make you feel good yeah. anymore. And I yeah. haven't been wearing any of my sweaters because I don't feel good about my body, which is uh, ridiculous. So I need to, I need to flip the, the script yeah. and, and change my outlook on my wardrobe because yeah. I have some beautiful sweaters, you, you guys. Do. I really need to wear those again. You do. <laughs> <laughs> so those were some of the great comments that we got on size inclusivity and I will bump the previous thread up because it also had great information, great links, great resources, and very insightful comments that were super helpful for me as where I am in my own life and body right now mm -hmm. made me feel better. Like it's a natural process for bodies to change over time. And if I just come to terms with that and stop pretending that it doesn't happen, then maybe my sweaters will be happy on me again. Or Preach, I'll be happy in the <laughs> <laughs> So there we go. So I have two things I want to finish with. One of them is a comment from Adrian, who is classic age on Ravelry. And I'm not going to mince her words. Her quote is very, very important. It is, it is necessary for fat knitters to have non-fat allies helping us to advocate in these spaces as well. So folks who don't need the size inclusive patterns, it's important that you look at the patterns that are out there, see how size inclusive they are, give that designer a nudge if they're not. Say, hey, you know, there are folks out there who would like to knit your patterns, but you're not so size inclusive. Support the size inclusive designers. Ask and question designers who aren't. It's always important to be that ally. And thank you for saying that, Adrian, because I did go back and mark the sizes of everything I was stocking after you said that. And I was so glad that Park Williams, the no sweatshirt pattern 
was inclusive because I don't want to knit things that aren't size inclusive yeah. anymore. So thank yeah. you for, for stating that. It really made me step back and think. Yeah, so I, appreciate I, thought, that. I thought that was an, a really important comment. Yep. And then last, as makers, as knitters, as crocheters, acknowledge the work that designers do. Know that to be size inclusive is work. Mm-hmm. It really is. And it needs to be done. But just acknowledge the fact that it's work. And in return, as a maker, as a knitter, as a crocheter, acknowledge your job to educate yourself and strive to be a better maker. Learn the skills that you need to modify patterns. Learn the techniques that will help you feel good in your clothing. Learn to fit yourself. Don't be dependent. Love that. (laughs) And I would love it also if someone who's on the smaller end of size inclusivity, let us know what the bottom range or the smaller range of sizes should be. So Adrian told us 60 inches, including the intended ease. What is the, the other end of that spectrum? What should a pattern include for smaller sizes to be inclusive? Because I want to make sure that the designers that we are saying are size inclusive go on both ends of the spectrum, not just one end. So anyone who knows that, please let me know or let us know. And once again, the thread will be open to keep this discussion going. And Gail's going to bump our size inclusive thread up to the top in our Ravelry group. You can comment on our Facebook posts for this episode as well. Obviously, you guys have some great ideas and great comments. And we look forward to keeping this discussion going. Yep. So thank you for listening. Thank you for all of your comments all the time. And don't forget, our Saturday Zoom is still happening. We (laughs) love it when new people join. It is not like a clicky thing at all. We just love anyone who joins and talks about their knitting, or you don't even have to talk. Some people join and just don't really want to say anything the first couple times they're there. Some people just like to be there and join in, and we try to honor that and not put people on the spot. Mm -hmm. We don't, I don't like being put on the spot. So we always try, you don't have to speak if you don't want to, just come hang out with us. Super friendly group, and it's a fun way to spend a couple hours every week. It's one of my highlights of the week still, two years going. Yeah. So hopefully more people come and join us. Maybe not this summer because I know lots of people are busy if you're in summer right now. But if you're in winter, maybe that's more of an opportunity to join. That's true. Yep. So thank you for joining us for this hour and happy knitting, everyone. Happy knitting. Goodbye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniac's Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at Yarniac's.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.